The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. You can remain standing. Take your Bibles. Uh, Book of Daniel. Um, Again, this message is not my own, uh, but I'm going to make it my own, use whatever illustrations God gives me as we move along. It was a message that Dr. Morocco preached last Sunday uh, in response to uh, the Supreme Court decision. And so uh, brace yourself. You know, before I do that, um, what's up? Sometimes God shows me stuff. And uh, tell me your name. Joe, all right, Joe. Awesome. I'm going to tell you what I saw. I looked over at you. I'm glad you're here. And I don't, and by no means, want to embarrass you. And I'm, I won't do that. Um, but I saw something and I thought it would encourage you. I saw the Lord with like a golden key. Put it right inside your heart. He put it right inside your heart. And he turned it. And all of a sudden, these things that have been just locked up and held up there are just beginning to like... like uh, like gears, just everything began to open. God's going to touch you tonight, or he already has, but it's going to get deeper and brighter and wider, and and it's going to be all right. The Lord says, son, it's going to be all right. Just close your eyes, forget everybody else, doesn't matter. The Lord says it's going to be all right, son, and he's going to work it out. He's going to put your heart back together. He's going to heal you. He's going to help you. going to go through a, a patch of... Um, God's going to put some new road before you. It's like a new road being paved. And, um, you know, you go, I just drove back from down south. You know, you go over a road that's got like all those grooves in it and it's just irritating. The whole car vibrates. That, that's kind of what you're feeling right now. God is going to bring you up into a highway of holiness. And you're going to learn how to walk in him. You're going to learn how to... to um, to rule over your own flesh. You're going to learn how to to see some of the things that's raged within you, even from the time you were a small boy. And, 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 and Frank... just love people here that's all Daniel chapter 3 we do have notes for you we'll see how this goes the church in America today I I could uh, title it part 2 of Sunday morning's message Sunday morning's message if you were not here you probably want to go ahead and get that it is uh, understanding why judgment is coming to America. And uh, 
It was a powerful message. I'm told it certainly affected me. This would probably be part two. Daniel chapter three, verse 16. We'll start, read through verse 18. We do have notes for you. If you lift your hand, you don't have those. They will bring that to you. Toot sweet. All right. Let's read the word of the Lord. Daniel chapter three, verse 16 through 18. Then we'll go to Daniel chapter six, six through 10. Are you ready? On your marks. Not that it's a race. Are you all there in verse 16? Daniel 3, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from the hand, from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Go to Daniel chapter 6 now. Daniel chapter 6. Find verse 6. So the administrators and the satraps went as a group to the king and said, O King Darius, live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce a decree that anyone who prays to God or man during the next 30 days except you, O king shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, O king, issue decree, put it in writing, so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now, when Daniel learned the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room, where the windows open toward Jerusalem and three times a day got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Father, we thank and praise you for what you're going to do in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. What a text of scripture and what a time in which we live. I spent some time reading the 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 decants, the dissents. I think they're called. Actually, written by the uh, Supreme Court justices that did not vote in favor. The five to four in favor dissent, uh, decision over same-sex marriage being constitutional. The whole question is really ludicrous, but it's set in order or set in 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 process some things in our country that that we're going to have to deal with. I have many heroes uh, throughout Scripture. Anybody have heroes in Scripture? Of course, Jesus. He's my, my best friend and my hero. Old Testament, I'd have to say probably David and Daniel are right there. I was named after Daniel. I don't know what your name means. Mine's sort of sobering. God is my judge. That's what mine means. Daniel means God is my judge. 
And in the book of Daniel, as we read, are some of my heroes, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and of course, Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel were contemporaries. They were living in Babylon, right there in your notes. They were living in the Babylonian Empire, which became the Persian Empire. They were all Jews taken into captivity when crazy Jerry, you remember him, Jeremiah, prophesied. He said, you all don't get it together, there's going to be trouble. They didn't believe him. They threw him in a pit. And anyway, Babylon came, whooped up on him. And he said, I told you. But even Jeremiah prophesied that they should build, you know, build buildings and, 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 and prosper in Jerusalem. Uh, pardon me, in Babylon when they go. But they would be there 70 years. And so they go off carried by the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar and they are demanded by the government in this text, demanded by the government to do things that were contrary to your faith, contrary to their faith, I should say. So here they are, they are demanded as Jews to pray to a false god, to pray to an idol or to pray to the king himself, which of course is an idol or false god. And they flat out refused because as Jews, that was against the Ten Commandments, which they clearly knew. Let's look at the text. Nebuchadnezzar makes this image of gold 90 feet high and commands everyone to worship it. That's four times higher than this roof. It's about four times higher than the peak of this roof. We're talking a massive structure, which is nothing else than himself. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down and to, to worship this image. And they're thrown into a fiery furnace. And in fact, as they're the, the guards are throwing them into the fire, fiery furnace, some of them get killed because it's so hot. It's, I think it's four times hotter than usual. And so they're thrown in. And how many of you know the rest of that story? I love what they say. They say, King, you can throw us in. We're not bound down to you, you fool. We're going to worship God and he can save us. But even if he doesn't, you're still a fool and we're still not bound down to you because we don't know exactly what God's going to do. I love that. And they look inside and there's this fourth man in the furnace going, just going off in there, having a worship service. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, in the fire you must go. I'm going to have you know that song. Oh, you KCers out there. <laughs> Daniel here, Daniel chapter 6, out of jealousy, because the king was going to uh, was going to elevate Daniel to rule the whole kingdom under him, and other leaders were so bent out of shape that they wanted to get him in trouble. So they basically manipulated and tried to, well, they didn't try, they succeeded. They manipulated the king and got the king to produce an edict. And I'm, I, I'm just think it's amazing that we're really kind of in the same, the same hour. They manipulate the king, they manipulate the judge, if you will. And this law is passed and Daniel goes straight out 
right up to his room, opens his room, opens his window towards Jerusalem, which is the way in which they pray. Does anybody know why that is? Because they believed from the dedication of the temple, when Solomon dedicated the temple, that their prayers, when the prayers were sent towards Jerusalem, it would hit the incense and go straight up. Now, I'm not sure the what's going on with temple worship at the time. They've just destroyed the temple, but he still prays towards Jerusalem. And it says three times a day. Well, Jews only prayed twice a day. So he decided to step it up. He said, oh, no, yeah, no, no. I, I ain't even going to pray two times a day. I'm praying three times now. So he, he added another prayer meeting where he would pray. Daniel would not violate the first commandment. How many of you know what the first commandment is? Yeah, they knew it also. I have no other gods before me. He wasn't going to bow down and worship any other gods. He's a believer. He believed in the same God that we believe in. You know that? Different Bible. They had the Torah. And so Daniel prayed three times a day to the God of Israel in spite of the law. So in spite of the law, he prayed three times a day. And, and if you read the rest of the story, he's busted. And they throw him in the lion's den. And God shut the mouths of the lions. How does this relate to the church today? A week ago this Friday, it would be Friday, June 26, the Supreme Court decided in a 5-4 to four vote in the case of Obergfell versus Hodges that same-sex marriage would be legal in all 50 states. Now, I think I effectively blew this to pieces on Sunday morning based upon the Word of God. Nobody hates homosexuals. We don't hate anybody. Hate should not be in the heart of a believer. That's not, that's not the kind of spirit that we're of. However, sin is sin. And, and you just can't just blink and turn a blind eye to it. And we certainly call, can't call that which is wrong by Scripture right. We can't redefine things. But that's what's happened. And there's some, there's some verses here. And if we're able to put them up, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, 28. I read this Sunday morning. We'll read it again. Genesis 1. So God created mankind in his own image. The image of God, he created them male and female. You're either a man or a woman. There's, that's just how it is. That's the way God made it. Every, every cell in your body cries out male if you're a man doesn't matter how you might feel you have to adjust your feelings to the facts and get healing look at Genesis chapter 2 so here I want you to say no whatever gender you are that's either male or female I want you just to yell that out whatever you are ready one two three I'm a I'm a Jesus. Uh, all right, Genesis 2, verse 20 through 24. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the sky, and the wild animals, but for Adam there is no suitable helper was found, verse 21. So the Lord God caused him to fall into a deep sleep because he'd have messed it up. You know that, right? The man would be like, um, uh, I want a brunette. <laughs> and the man messed it up. So he had to get him to just be quiet. He just made him go to sleep. While he was sleeping, 
He took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Verse 22. Then the Lord God made woman out of the rib that he had taken from the man, and he brought her to the man. Verse 23. Yeah, I love this right here. Then the man said, the reason I love it is because for years I read it like this. Then the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She should be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is not what happened. Oh, it's what happened. It's understanding. The, the, the dude has just been looking at fish, animals, elephants. He's been naming stuff. Hippopotamus, giraffe, possums. Come on. He, he's, looking, he's looking at all kinds of animals and stuff. And he's like, oh, oh, that was a wonderful No, really, that's the way it was. And the man's like, yeah, yes. And he comes, I mean, he's not a fish. She looks like me, but she's different. And he says this, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. He's lost his mind. No, really, that, to understand that, he, that, that idiom, what that means, that's what that means. A man is totally flipped out at the greatest gift that God has just given him. Woman. And she's like, you know, that's right. <laughs> Where are we? Let's look at the next verse. Verse 24. And that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Marriage is God's idea. God invented it. God created it. And you can't change that. There's nothing you can do about that. All right. Matthew 19, verse 4 through 6 and I'll just allude to it, but you can look it up. Jesus basically confirms it. He confirms that. He says, man shall be united, though shall be one flesh. Talks about divorce and such. There it is. Haven't you read that it's the beginning God created, the creator made the male and female. Verse 5. And he said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and two become one flesh. So they're no longer two but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not let no one separate. Separate. He's talking about the fact that marriage is supposed to be a, a covenant relationship forever, for the rest of your life. Amen. Amen. And you'll notice that, that, that he doesn't make multiple wives. Now that is later on, but it was never God's intention. And he, and he brought that back. He changed that. It was sin that came and brought multiple wives. Hello. That's another message. All right. God's word prohibits same-sex intercourse. Children's churches upstairs. Along with other sexual acts. Now we read this, but please put it up for those of you that were not here on Sunday morning. And if you, if you want to hear that, it's on YouTube and it's on our website, kcalaska.com. Leviticus 18 and 22. Leviticus 18. You can turn there if you want to. We'll look at verse 22. 
And it reads, do not have sexual relations with a man as one does with a woman. It is detestable. Now, the word detestable is a word uh, to abhor or to hate. But it's not just to hate it. It's to abhor. It's to hate. And it means to abhor, to hate, but to take action. In other words, to hate it so much that you're going to have to do something about that. That's what that word detestable means there in the NIV. And there's other scriptures throughout uh, Leviticus 20, verse 13. But I want you to go to Romans chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, please. Media team, appreciate you guys. Because of this, God gave them over to the shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. Verse 27. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women. See, that that's natural. And were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men, receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. I've encouraged you to get a book for those of you that really want to dig into it called uh, Homosexuality and the Politics of Truth. Uh, it is a book that should be read by every believer, and it's rather intense. It's written, written by Dr. Jeffrey Satinover. You can buy it on, uh, on um, Amazon. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9. First Corinthians six, we preached on uh, on Sunday, and it says, "Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God?" Another version says, "The wicked, the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God." Do not be deceived. Say that. Do not be deceived. Neither sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men. Next verse nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Wait for it. We're going to go to verse 11, but not yet. It's very clear through scripture. You're like, I don't like that. Well, no kidding. But it's not about, I mean, it's not about what you might like. It's not about your opinion. It's not about what you think is right or even maybe what I think is right. It's about what God's word says is right. God is the center of all things for us as believers. And our nation is founded on biblical principles. We are really, however, moved over to a post-Christian era. And homosexuality is sin. And, and people who practice homosexuality will not go to heaven. My daughter was in New York. Now, listen, the, the gay pride parade 30 years ago when I was in Manhattan was extreme from my view of things. I mean, you stayed clear of that area where they had the parade. You didn't go over there because you're going to get defiled or something's going to happen to you and it was dangerous. And so I just never went. But I had friends that went to watch because we thought it was funny. People walking in drag and all kinds of stuff. And I, I said, Lord, please, you know, let my daughter get out of Manhattan. She was leaving that day uh, with my dad and my, uh, my stepmom. And I just wanted her out of Manhattan and, you know, get out of there and get out to Long Island where I grew up, get out of the city. And uh, that didn't happen. 
she got caught right up in the thing. It was a complete takeover. She said, Dad, I have never seen anything so unbelievably horrible in all my life. She said, Dad, it was horrible. It was awful. Full naked women painted in rainbow, painted in the American flag, totally naked, men, women. And I, I, I see some kids, so I'm just not going to tell you. You can imagine on, on top of cars, on street corners, everywhere, people doing stuff. And my, my, <laughs> my beautiful daughter is there getting to his. Thank God I've trained her. You know, you can't, you can't do helicopter church over your kid their whole life. You know, they're going to end up going out and they're going to have to deal with this. You know, I just saw this thing uh, about how they're, they're going to teach kids about... It's on my Facebook. I'm seeing children everywhere. Jesus, help me. If I've gone too far already, like I said, I'm sorry. They're going to teach eight graders about all of this. Can I say it that way? And I mean all of it. I just saw a thing on, uh, on CBN. How to do it. What they do. All of that. All of it. Transgender. Yep. Yep. Eight years old. Did I say eighth grade? Sorry. Eight years old. You know, kindergartners. Kindergartners. Go, go look at it. Go look at it. It's, it's all set, ready to go. Listen, you, you better know what your kids are being taught in school. Right. Some people say, I can't homeschool. I've got to work. Well, you might want to reconsider that. You know, you just got to obey God. I'm not saying everybody should be homeschooled, but I'm saying that you have to obey God. What is he telling you to do? Awesome. You tell you, send them here. There, you, you'll get to obey God. Obey God. Teach your kids. My daughter, I thank God that we've trained her. So she's, she looked away. She covered her eyes. And she was like, but it was terrible. I mean, it was terrible, Dad. She, I just want to come home. Don't, listen, don't think you're safe all up in Alaska. We got people moving up here. It's like a modern day gold rush. Oh, it ain't going to touch Alaska. We're just going to, you know, enjoy our moose and stuff. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. It's already upon us. Legalization of drugs and on and on and on and on. And it's been coming for decades. It's just not an overnight thing that took place. All right. I, we got to go to verse 11. You see, here's the thing. <laughs> Homosexual offenders and on and on and on and on. All that. that our church is filled with people that were just like that. Greedy, swindlers. I love what this says. Or thieves will inherit the kingdom. Verse 11. <laughs> and that's what some of you were. That's what some of you were. Which is a fascinating thing because he's saying some of you are homosexuals and you're not that anymore. You got set free. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Woo! Come on! God can change you. God can heal you. God can set you free from drugs, from any kind of perversion. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Thank you. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So the church will continue to stand on God's truth. We're going to continue to stand on God's truth. I'm going to keep preaching and I'm not going to bring every message. This is two in a row. I've had about enough. 
you know, I have like, all right, let's get back talking about the glory of God. Let's, let's talk about the beauty realm of heaven. Let's, let's, let's get back to the, the vision and moving forward and taking over the planet. Can you say amen? amen. But I, I can't, in good conscience, standing before the Lord, not bring you a message about what is right and what's going on in our country. So I'm just whacking it twice. Sunday morning and right now. Look at your neighbor and say, man, it's great to come to church. I love coming to KC. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> All right. So we're going to stand. Everybody say, I'm going to stand. Yeah, the church is, the church is going to stand. All right. How did this happen? How did this happen? How did it happen that all of a sudden, you know, some of you think it's all of a sudden. It really isn't all of a sudden. This movement to legalize homosexual marriage, it didn't spring up overnight. It, it did not spring up overnight. It's, it's, uh, it has evolved over a half a century of time, really moral shifting sand as one writer wrote decades of social advocacy to try to push and promote homosexual marriage it has been happening for a long time the 60s some of you grew up in the 60s some of you got healed from growing up in the 60s free love it wasn't love and it wasn't free and the social mores were thrown off and the the the, the mantra of the day, the day was if it feels good do it and uh you know just love love each other love not war and on and on it wasn't love we know what love is that wasn't it and really over decades this Revolution, the sexual revolution. You look at number two. We're still reaping the fruit of the '60s sexual revolution. We are still. Listen, we're re, we're sowing stuff now in our culture that we're going to reap. Should the Lord tarry, I'm not sure it's going to go on that much more. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. We're just going to serve God with our hair on fire, do the right thing, and stand. Come on, someone say, "I'm going to stand and stand," and then you just let the chips fall. Amen. Call the fishing game. Tell them, yeah, I I caught the fish. Do whatever you want. You understand? Do you do the right thing? There's a greater judge. There's a greater judge than the one that's uh, the, the these nine that are over our our Supreme Court. They're not the judge of all, and this is not over. We will stand, and nations will stand before them. The right to have sexual expression. The right to have sexual expression is really become the new God of America. Never before in the history of America, now some of you are older than me, some, some of you are younger, in my lifetime, I mean, I wasn't like really understanding what was going on during Johnson, who was president when I was born in 1966. I really didn't start paying attention too much until about Ford. President Ford I was in high school and and then of course Reagan then I ran when I was when Reagan became president I really started trying to learn when I was in high school but in all my lifetime and I'm almost 50 I'm 49 I had a birthday cake with 50 on it I'm not 50 just saying like oh nice cake 49 let's get it straight all right <laughs> But in my lifetime, 
never before have I seen, and then in talking with people that are older and even wiser than me, have they seen the State Department make it their personal effort to ram through the agenda of the homosexual America. It's insane. It became, it became the State Department's crusade. When I saw the... I saw the rainbow on the, on the uh, White House. My wife just started weeping. She got the, what we call the deep weepies. <laughs> Travail. You just kind of buckle over and start heaving. It's just, it's, it's so sad. There's a uh, Fox News contributor, a Catholic priest, was... Um, Walking, and I don't know where he was or what the exact story, so I can only tell it to you as I understand it or remember it, I should say. But he walked past two people that are part of the gay pride thing, and they just stopped and they straight spit on him. Uh, and bo- both men spit on the priest. And the priest uh, said, he responded kindly, he didn't get angry or anything, and they walked on and they cursed him, and he thought, and he said to, on Fox News, or he wrote it, I, I read it. So he, he said, what kind, of a, what kind of a person would spit on a priest? And he said, it's amazing that people so want tolerance, but actually they don't have any. And, and then he said this, which to me was just a beautiful thing. He said, I feel really badly for them that they're so angry and so wounded on the inside that they would have to spit on another human being. I think that's Christ-like. Sexual rights has grown into the new God of America and um, it's even shouting louder than religious freedom. And that has never happened before. And that is where we're at. All right. The decision has nothing to do with the Constitution. Understand that the decision has zero to do with the Constitution. As these uh, different ones, you can, you can read the um, dissents that are written by the four chief justices. And I would also say that the dissents that are written by the Supreme Court justices, it has never been done like that, where you have four Supreme Court judges write four dissents like they wrote, and they are amazing. I would encourage you to go read them. In fact, I'm going to quote this section of one here in just a moment. Each dissenter penned separate dissents and basically said the court is not a legislature. I mean, we're just totally removing the, the crossing over the branches of our government that are going to keep our democracy and keep our nation safe. They're, they're violating them all over with the pen and the phone and everything else. It's horrible. And uh, the decision is a threat to democracy. Now, I'm going to read this to you. This is from Supreme Court Judge Sakala. Is that how you say it? S-C-A Scalia. Thank you. He says, The strikingly unrepresentative character of the body of voting on today's social upheaval would be irrelevant 
if they were functioning as judges answering the legal question whether America, whether the American people had ever ratified a constitutional provision that was understood to prescribe the traditional definition of marriage. But of course, the justices in today's majority are not voting on that basis. They say they are not. And to allow the policy question of same-sex marriage to be considered and resolved by select, partisan, highly unrepresentative panel of nine is to violate a principle even more fundamental than no taxation without representation. No social transformation without representation. You see, these nine judges were forced to vote on something that should never have been before the Supreme Court, and they simply don't represent America, and they know it. And that should never be. It's a total violation to the Declaration of Independence, a total violation of the Constitution, and the way that, the way that our nation works. It's supposed to work. He goes on to say, a system of government that makes the people subordinate to a committee of nine unelected lawyers does not deserve to be a democracy. You see, the decision is a threat to democracy. The decision will affect our religious liberty. You say, well, how is that? Well... possible effects of this decision could be great. For instance, Christians in public service, in other words, people who are in elected office. Oh, let's just talk about judges for a second. If you're a Christian judge, you're a Christian judge. And you're going to have to be the judge on a, a situation that involved homosexual marriage and such. Then you're not going to be biased, of course. And actually, you stand in, you stand in direct opposition to the state. So how can you actually be a judge for the state, standing in direct opposition to the state by the law? You can't. And then what you could do if you were a judge, you could say, I can't take this case because I'm a Christian. But then actually, you could lose your job. And it goes on and on. People in political office and Christian colleges, think about this. So a Christian college, I, I won't ask you to raise your hand. Let's just do it. How many of you went to school and got a loan to do it? Great. So now let's say you went to a school and you got a loan from the government to go to school. But if you go to a Christian college, you're not going to be able to get a government loan to go to Christian college. And you know what that means for many? That means you ain't going to the Christian college. Do you understand? Do you see how it can get deep and wide and ugly very, very quickly? And so Christian colleges might close. These are just some of the possibilities. The church has a tax-exempt organization, 501c3 organizations, because we're not going to bend the knee to the idol of Nebuchadnezzar. We're not going to yield. We're going to say, no, no, this is what the word says. We're going to do it. Well, we're going to take your 501c3. Praise the Lord. Take it. I don't tithe. I mean, I'm thankful for the tax break, but I mean, we don't tithe to get a tax break. Thankful for it. Amen. I tithe because it's the right thing. In many nations, they don't have any tax-exempt status. 
You gotta pay tax, they can pay taxes. Let me tell you what'll happen to small churches and people with with properties and, and churches with properties. You remove their tax exempt. Well, let's just use our property for a second. Our brand new 16 acres. Does anybody know what the taxes are on 16 acres if you're not tax exempt? Any guess? $45,000, $50,000. A year. That's what it is. Now, I'm, I'm guessing, but I'm close, within five grand, something like that. So uh, when we bought the property, we begin to we began to move immediately to uh, to begin to use it. Why? So we could apply for tax exempt status. But we didn't use it for a period of time right after we bought it, and we had to pay we had to pay taxes on that. It was like sixteen thousand dollars. Great. Guess where we are every day. Well, we're there today. We were on our, on our property with our two beautiful feet fitted with the gospel of preparation of peace. <laughs> praying and declaring and proclaiming the good news of Jesus. Storming heaven, plundering hell in prayer. Every morning we're there. We use it for the purpose for which we have a 501c3. So we were able to actually prove that and get tax exempt. We had, an, had to make an appeal and get tax exempt status for the whole of 2015. Somebody say, But not all of the land, because are you really using the lower parts of the property? 16 acres. Uh, well, honestly, we weren't. But we are now, praise God. So we just moved on it, amen, just walking trails and all kinds of things. I'm down there praying at least to, you know, amen, praise, come on, give me an amen. Amen. It's not deceptive, it's true, we're using it. I drive right through that thing every day on purpose. I take the lower road onto our property on purpose. It's closer to my house and it uses the bottom part of the property for my prayer purpose at obtaining our 501c3. Can somebody say hallelujah? Ob- obtaining tax exempt status for the property. Now, what do you do if you remove that? Well, then you're paying the 35, 40, 45,000, maybe it's 50. I, I have to go look, but it's irrelevant because we don't have to pay it now. But if we did, that would be a pretty large bill. Okay, what, what would you do? What do you do with a church that has to then pay maybe a small little country church that has just a few people? What, what do you now have to pay? And let's say you have six, maybe, maybe you have 36 acres. Listen, across America. And then you have to pay taxes on that. It could actually really wound the church. All right, what's God saying to us? A lot. As Christians, we've got to stand on truth. God's word is truth. This, you want to know what truth is? It's right here. That's it. Somebody said, that's pretty narrow-minded. Yep. <laughs> you say, y'all brainwashed. Yeah, I needed a good brainwashing, and so do you. Praise the Lord. Wash for the water of the word. This is God's truth. It's not something that we vote on. We know what truth is. And we've got to stand on the truth of God's word. We must pray. We, we've got to pray. And, and we are doing that. We're going to step it up and, and believe God to do even greater things through us. You've got to learn to stand like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen. Don't be scared. Don't be intimidated. Can you say amen? amen. You know, it's amazing. Uh, after 9-11, the amount of people that were in prayer was astounding. The church is filled up for about a month. You know, I don't know what it'll take. I mean, now, now it's like, now you see Christians with the rainbow flag over their face. 
on, on Facebook, I'm just thinking, what, what Bible are they reading? What are they reading? They're not. They're biblically illiterate. Because you wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't do that if you knew what truth is. Now listen, maybe you put a rainbow over your face because of whatever reason you might have. But then you can just put a little picture of an aborted baby on your face too. Why don't you try that? Oh, why not? Does that bother you? Look, it's all sin. That's all. Did I, did I just step in something? Come on, just lay hands on yourself and say, Jesus, help me. Help pastor finish the message. Amen. We've got to engage in our culture. We have to, don't, don't crawl in a hole. Get involved in the political process. God bless you, Edna. I thought, I thought I was thanking God for you throughout the day today. I thought, praise God. She's willing to put herself on the front line and vote and be a part of city councils and, and the different things that you do. Praise the Lord. You know, we need other younger people. Not, <laughs> I don't mean anybody. You know, you know what I'm saying? Where's the next generation? Where, where are they? Some of you got to get involved. You might call, listen to high calling and be involved in the political process. Get, get, get plugged in. You say, I'm called to full-time ministry. Good. That might be full-time politician. Serve. Vote. Don't crawl in a hole and expect it's going to get better. It's not going to get better. We can have a great revival. And if we don't, well, you know, I don't know what's going to happen to America. I don't see American in the book of Revelation. I don't see it in there. It's not in there. Another message. What would it take to wake people up, actually, to quit living in apathy and, and compromise? What would, it, what would that actually take? I'm looking forward to the rapture, but don't, we can't have a rapture mentality. We'll be held accountable for the blood of the people that are on our hands. We have a, we have a harvest to get in. We got souls to reach. There are people that are headed to hell. We walk by them in Fred Myers nearly every day. They're at the job. They're, they're, they're your next door neighbors. Who's reaching to them? Who's going to tell them? There's a whole, well, we don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want to have my own feelings hurt. I know, but there's a greater law. There's a greater thing at to, to, to stand before the God of all and give an account for how we didn't share. There's a lady down in Kenai. She, she was a leading prostitute in the 70s. And she, I mean, what a book, what a story she has. I mean, she's a wild Pentecostal preacher now. She tells, tells about how when she finally came to the Lord and she got to preach at a location, she began to see different men that visited her who were Christians. And she lost it as she was testifying. She lost her mind. She said, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me you let me go through that hell you could have told me about Jesus? Why didn't you? And then she'd see somebody else. Hey! I know, I know you men were running out of the church. This is true. Men were running out of the church as she was pointing out the pastors trying to snatch the mic and she's just going crazy. Why didn't you tell me weeping? I'm free now and I could have been free 10 years ago. What's wrong with you? My goodness. We got to engage. Jesus, help us. Help us to engage in the culture. Amen. It's really, it's a counterculture movement. We must share the gospel. We just say, share the gospel. 
Toby, you come to the keys, please. Got to share the gospel. We've got to make God's church strong. We've got to do what? Make God's church strong. How do you do that? Reach the lost at any cost. Disciple people. If you were to ask, if you were to be asked by somebody right now to prove that Jesus is God, now do not raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. If you had to prove right now from Scripture that Jesus is God, it's a rhetorical question, all right? You know what that means? That means you think inside to yourself and you answer yes or no. So if you had to prove that Jesus is God right now, could you do it? Yes or no? If the answer is no, then you are undiscipled. Let me ask you another question. Could you prove right now that this actually is God's word? I mean, inspired, inerrant, God's word that came from his holy prophets under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, written on three different continents in three different languages, Hebrew, a small section of the book of Daniel in Aramaic, and the New Testament in Greek. Could you prove that this is God's word? Why is it God's word? Prove it. Can you do it? Yes or no? Ask yourself. Chapter and verse, can you prove it? Can you prove to me about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Can you tell me what the Holy Spirit, who is the Holy Spirit? Can you prove to me the Trinity? Can you, can you, you say, what are you saying, Pastor? All I'm doing is I'm just having a little court case about your own discipleship. And if you, if you don't know the fundamentals of your faith, you, you're going to get creamed. Know what you believe, why you believe it. You know I mean? You got to graduate from your mom and dad's faith and from your brother's faith. You got to graduate from just, you know, look, stir yourself up. Can you quote the Ten Commandments? It's rhetorical. Don't say yes or no. Can you quote the Ten Commandments? Do you know the eight Beatitudes? There's eight of them. Do you know the eight Beatitudes? You say, well, no. Well, that's the constitution of the kingdom. Hello? And you know what's really terrible? I'm your pastor. And part of that is my failure too. Now you have your role. I didn't have somebody ramming it down my throat. I got hungry. God help me. The grace of God. But I, I mean, I'm falling far short. But forgetting that which lies behind, I'm pressing on to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Do you know the Beatitudes? There's eight. Do you know them? Those are the, those are the, the bylaws of, of, of the kingdom of God. You know, if you begin to live and ask God to help you to live out the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, Matthew 6, and Matthew 7. If you begin to, listen to me, listen, pay attention, wake your neighbor up. You begin to live those things, I'm going to tell you what happens. Your heart begins to expand and get filled with the very grace and the power of the Holy Spirit. You begin to live those things and your life will explode. And what, ha what most people don't know is the joy, the joy of the Lord comes out of living in obedience for him and being in right relationship with him. Not a life of compromise. Compromise is painful. We, we need to raise up a strong church. Can you say amen? How, we are the church. There's nothing to do with the building. It's people. We're going to make leaders. We've got to raise up leaders. 
want you to I want you to get involved. I mean, I know summer's going on. We're going to all go fishing and all that. We're going to get to some brass tacks as we move into August and begin to launch small groups. I want you to prayerfully consider opening your home. He said, well, this is not my church. All right, well, then go back to your own church and get involved. If you don't have a church, we'd love to be that for you. Plug in. Oh, consider opening your home. Consider being a part of some ministry. Learn to read the word every day. Get in prayer. Get in prayer. Get in prayer. Learn to pray. Learn to fast. Learn to give. Can you say amen? We must stand in the victory that God has provided for us. Put this up if you can, Jeffrey. John 16, 33. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Listen, if you live on fire, an on fire believer, you will be a stench in the nostrils of everybody that doesn't like that, doesn't, doesn't believe in the way that you believe. You need to be filled with the love of God and we need to stand. You're going to have trouble. Somebody says, man, being a Christian is so hard. I just so disagree with that statement. <laughs> I know what hard is. This is not it. This is awesome. As challenges come, difficulties come, I just find God using them as a springboard to propel me into his goodness. God protected them. And God will protect you. God will protect me. And God is glorified. How many of you want God to be glorified in your life? How many of you want God to be glorified in your life? The church in America needs to wake up. Very sobering message. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to preach on homosexuality next Sunday, right? So... I will not be preaching on this next Sunday. But you need to know what's going on in the world. Don't stick your head in the sand like an ostrich and hope it's going to blow over. It's not. Come on, stand up on your feet all across this place. Again, if that message offended you, God protected them. God is glorified. Those are the last two. If this message offended you, you can send your email to Dr. James Morocco. <laughs> oh, I stand behind everything it said. Father, we thank and praise you. Come on, lift your hands and ask God. Listen, commit yourself to discipleship. Commit yourself to growing in God. Commit yourself to prayer. Just talk to Jesus right now. Come on, talk to him right now. Hallelujah. Yeah. us a 
ravenous desire for the Word of God. An insatiable desire to read the Word, to know the Word, to know and give reason for this hope that lies within us. That we would be instant in and out of season. That we would be workmen who rightly divide the Word of Truth. Who hold out your Word in a crooked and a depraved generation. That we would shine like stars in the firmament. Even as it says in the book of Daniel that those that know their God will do great exploits. Lord, you are looking, even as it says, I believe in 2 Chronicles, your eyes go to and fro looking for a man whose heart is steadfast towards him, that he might strengthen him. Lord, make us men and women who are steadfast. Lord, we don't want to be apathetic in reeds that are blown in the wind. We want to be a people that stand. And having done all else to stand, we would continue to stand. Knowing that you are our vindicator. You are our protector. You are our sun and shield. You are our strong tower. You are God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we are the people of your pasture. We give no apology, but ask, Lord, that you would help us even with a right heart. Not with anger, not with vengeance, not with spite. Lord, would the love of God would constrain us and consume us and move us to the bowels of compassion, would move us to reach out to our neighbor, move us to reach out to different people that are in our lives even now, or divine appointments. Lord, that we would lovingly share the good news of Jesus and we would declare what is right and what is wrong and Lord, let the chips fall. Lord, we're thankful. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. We are not ashamed of your word and your ways. Lord, we say yes tonight. We say yes tonight to all of your truth. And we embrace it. The Holy Spirit, show us things in our lives that are jacked up. Show us things in our lives that are out of accord, things in our lives that are that are wrong. Come on. You let God put his finger on things in your heart. Come on, lust, greed. If you're living in sin, you're fornicating, stop it. Knock it off. Get right with God. Don't do it. Don't do it. You're sacred. He's sacred. She's sacred. Y'all sacred. Don't fornicate. Get married if you burn and you can't control yourself. Come on, get right. Get right. Holy Spirit, come. It's your love, Lord. You're not trying to rip us off of fun. There's principles, Lord, in your word that cannot be violated. Lord, you want to bless us. It's at your right hand that there's pleasures forevermore. We reject the God of sexuality tonight. We pray that you would come with such a mighty wind, that you would come with such a strong shaking, that America would turn back to you. I believe, Lord, even as Japan said at World War II, I fear all we've done is woken up a sleeping giant. I believe there's a sleeping, a sleeping church. I believe that there's a sleeping giant, Lord, that'll rise. Lord, do 
whatever it takes to wake America up from our slumber. Lord, that there would be a reversal of Roe versus Wade. There would be a reversal of these things that our government would, that's established by the people and for the people would truly be that. By the people, for the people. There would be proper representation. And God, the laws of the land would be founded upon the truth of your word as it was in the beginning. Bring an awakening in America again. Say it with me. Bring an awakening in America again. America, hear the word of the Lord. You shall be. How many of you believe that to be the will of God? Say amen. Amen. Come on, shout to God with a voice of triumph. Hey, yes. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're not right with God. You want to be reconciled to him, want your sins forgiven, want heaven to be your home. If that's you, if you died tonight, if tonight is your last night and you die in your sleep or God forbid an accident happens, are you going to go to heaven? Are your sins forgiven? Uh, I hope so. Wrong answer. You can know. You can know. All you have to do is believe. It's free for you, very costly for God. Jesus died on a cross and rose again from the grave for you and for me. That if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us. 1 John 1, 9. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's no sinners in heaven. They're all redeemed. They're all washed in the blood because there is no sin in heaven. God can't partner with that. And hell was made for the devil, for Satan and his minions, not for you. But if you don't receive his free gift, unfortunately, that's where you go. That's not popular. It's just true. We're not in it for a popularity contest. It's just true. There's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. All across this place, every head bowed, those online, those listening by podcast. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment because you drifted. Or you just want to be assured of your salvation on the count of three, slip your hand up. If that's you, give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Or secondly, you want to come home because you drifted in your walk with the Lord. So you want to sell out. You want to give your whole heart to Jesus. Or three, the enemy lies to you and you're not sure you're saved. You're not sure. If that's you on the count of three, slip your hand up. Any of those categories. One, two, three. Do it right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. On this side, God bless you. I see that hand. Praise God. All right. You raised your hand. Meet me right here. Come on. Come meet me right here. Come on. Come on. Meet me right here. Yep. Praise God. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. Come on, somebody ought to say praise God. Praise the Lord. Come on, come on, come, 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 come. See how close you can get to my hand. Come closely. Close, close, close. All right. Starting over. Amen. Come here, son. Glad you're here. Come on, let's pray this right out loud. Say with me. Say, dear Jesus. Thank you for dying in my place thank you for rising again from the grave for me forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life be my Lord be my Savior wash me cleanse me and make me new 
Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for loving me. Now just lift your hands all across this place. Whatever you need, whatever you want. Lord, touch right now. Holy Spirit. The Bible says, angels look in on the things of salvation. It's a safe place. Just close your eyes. Unless, of course, your security. Lord, touch. That's the Holy Spirit. these guys up. We got a little something for you right over if you just kind of slide on over there. Lift your hands to heaven. from the congregation that's here tonight that homes would open people would give themselves to discipleship we'd see an army raised up Lord in prayer come on commit yourself to prayer some of you were in prayer and now you're not get back get back get back to prayer come on you can make it to our the prayer barn right there on the property across from Walmart up from Sears on the service road 
little blue barn right there. You can make it to prayer, 7 to 8 o'clock. Just come and pray. There's a whole bunch of us there, 20, sometimes 30, sometimes 40 people there in the morning. You come. I'm there every morning that I'm in town. Come on, commit yourself to prayer. Lord, we commit ourselves to pray. Come on, just you and Jesus. We commit ourselves to pray. We commit ourselves to the study of your word. That we would be strong on the inside. Strengthen us with might in our inner being by the word of God. Baptize us afresh. Holy Spirit, come. Release miracles through us as we go in the highways and byways. Release miracle power and boldness. We would not shrink back, Lord, from bringing hope to the hurting and the broken, the lame, the halt, and the withered. All the world, all the world wants you. They just don't know it. Use us, God, as your ambassadors, your ministers of reconciliation. In Jesus' name, take someone by the hand. Don't reach across. some help of some of the men we're going to load a box truck shouldn't take long with a bunch of fellas helping ladies if you want to help you can help too and it won't, won't take but about 20 minutes anyway there's nothing on tv praise the lord getting ready for our fourth of july event it's underneath the tent what t- what time is our event on uh, on fourth of july very good thank you minister mike one o'clock what time? One o'clock. All right. It's a whole family fun to sack races and bring something to barbecue. You can bring some side dishes and stuff. It's just a big old pot blessing, potluck, right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you've done today. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Wake up the church in America. Let us do our part. Lord, move in power in Washington, D.C. through my dear friend Rodney Howard Brown's team. Move in power there. Lord, touch politicians and People there in, in the capital, in the name of Jesus, bring a great harvest in. God, we thank you and we praise you for what you've done tonight and what you're going to do all the rest of this week. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.